Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest is Guillermo Torrialba, uh, the CEO and founder of SUR BTC, S-U-R BTC. Guillermo, how are you doing? Hi, Richard. I'm, I'm, I'm very good. Thank you very much for the, for the invite. Yeah, hopefully I pronounced your name okay. I tried. Ah, it was, it was good enough. I've had... All right, so tell me about SUR BTC. What do you guys do there? So SurBTC, it's, uh, it's a cryptocurrency exchange um, based in, in Chile, and we also have operations in Colombia and Peru. Um, we are we are a pretty regular exchange in terms of of, of the of the concept of exchange. We we provide this platform where people can where demand and offer meets, and so so people can buy and sell. And we're building infrastructure so so entrepreneurs and companies can connect to our API and develop their own cryptocurrency based services, but without the need of actually having to deal with the buy sell uh, transfer or having the bitcoins or the the eaters are you guys do you guys have a fiat gateway or are you just only crypto to crypto trading no we're we're a, we're a fiat gateway that's that's right. We're trying to make these okay. Things. So you do have a fiat gateway. That's good. That's excellent. Yes. So you yes, operate. Sir. You operate in a place where um, you've got different countries that have, you know, some of bandits. I guess Bolivia and uh, some other countries in South America and you know Venezuela is unfortunately a mess. But other countries that are welcoming it. Tell me what it's like to be in uh, in South America and have you know these different countries around you that have different positions on crypto. Sure. Yeah. The the landscape. It's pretty. It's pretty wide. Um, I would say you can you can look at the at the at the problem in terms of regulation, where where Chile is in one extreme in terms of uh, freedom of of action. Chile is a pretty liberal country in terms of regulation, and in the other um, extreme, you have um, places like Bolivia or or Brazil. Bolivia is it's because it's I mean, Bolivia is very restricted. Actually, Bitcoin it's it's kind of um, banned. Brazil it's also very restrictive in terms of of regulation, but but it's not banned. Then you can see the landscape in terms of adoption, and in terms of adoption, then Chile it's, I would say the third country where where Bitcoin is most um, developed 
um, after Argentina, and first will come, I would say, Brazil. Uh, I'm not considering Mexico, right? Um, just considering South America. Um, so, right. and, and after after um, Chile, I would say Colombia comes. Then will be Peru, uh, and there are several countries where Bitcoin is not it's not popular yet. That like Uruguay or 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 Paraguay. Uh, actually, in Ecuador, it's also ban banned. It's, it's, it's kind of illegal to 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 have the uh, an operation like an exchange. And then you have Venezuela, which is a super super special um, case where adoption it's very high, but because it's in this super mess political mess. So so you I mean you have you have the whole range. It's 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 an it's an interesting place to be. It's a very difficult place to be um, in terms of regulation and in terms of how much South American countries like to control everything and do it very badly. That's why we're poor as countries, but it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been operating the exchange and, uh, you know, what got you, what prompted you to start the exchange? So we launched in Chile um, beginning of 2015, mid-2016 in Colombia, and mid-2017 in, in Peru. And when I first heard of Bitcoin in 2014, um, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I, was, I studied business and economics in Chile, and it was so against everything that I had heard, and it made so much sense. So. I decided to to do something with 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 cryptocurrencies, but everything that I wanted to do it kind of required um, the country to have an exchange. So I said, why don't why don't we start with it with, with an exchange? Uh, I mean, my partners and I, and that's when and how it happened. It just there was there was nothing. There was nothing. There were there were some some brokers here in Chile, but not doing it as formal as I think it should be. Uh, it was it was never going to develop that way. Okay, so it needed to be a quote unquote real business, otherwise it wasn't going to get anywhere. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and you need you need something scalable. Uh, you need something transparent. Even though Bitcoin comes from very liberal um, streams, with which I actually like, you need something that is that is as transparent uh, as and as regulated as as the government and the institutions will allow. So, so, so you can have something very irregular, very illegal, but, but small, and not actually annoy the government. Uh, but if you want to do something big, then you need to do it their way. Even though you might not like it, it's just the way it is. So what, what's the culture like in South America? How do they view Bitcoin and how do they use it? Maybe it's different from how it's used in other countries and other parts of the world. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, we, well, I, I can, I can, in, from SuperTC, um, we have around 30,000 uh, customers and 60, between 60 and 70% of them use it as investment or speculative, um, asset. Um, 20, 25% use it, uses as a medium of like international transfer. Uh, I, I, a channel for transferring money, and around 15% use it um, for paying paying stuff on on the internet. 
Um, but there's something very sad happening, um, which annoys us a lot and worries us, worries us, and is the amount, the great amount of companies that are doing Ponzi schemes using Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies as their, as their, I don't know, advertisement uh, tool. And that's growing a lot, especially in, in Colombia, in Colombia, Peru also. And it happens that, I mean, we're, we're, we're a population, we're, we're countries where people are poor, but people are already seeing, because they're connected to the internet, how people are getting rich and how people have become rich in their internet. So they fall very easily um, for, these, for these Ponzi schemes. And that might have mm. bad consequences on, on regulation. So that's an issue. Are these schemes coming from existing companies or companies that don't even exist? Or no, is it more IC ICOs or where is it coming from? No, like, like one coin kind of uh, Ponzi schemes. Like give me one Bitcoin and I'll give you 10% weekly for the rest of your life uh, interest rate. And it's happening a lot. I mean, it, it, there, were, there were two, three of these a year ago in Colombia. There must be... 15 of them now. I mean, 15 wow. that I that I that I that I recognize. There must be I don't know I don't know 15. And that's tough because uh, you know you want it to be adopted, and it's not easy for this stuff to become adopted. And then you have people that are screwing it up for everyone else. So I understand the frustration. And it's frustrating because um, we know how it's gonna sound bad, but it is how we, we but it is bad. We we know how incompetent many of, of our politicians are. So, so they don't understand cryptocurrencies. Um, institutions or the incumbents are doing um, lobby, so, so cryptocurrencies don't have any space here. And then suddenly you see all these people being, being robbed, being, being like, yeah, exactly. So, so it's very easy for them to, to use that use case, that scenario, and use it as or generalize it and, and it's well food for 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 the politicians that want to just ban it but we're fighting we're we're trying to to let them know that there's a huge huge difference and provable difference between one and the other so what do you think about regulation i mean it sounds like i would guess that you would think it's a very necessary and important thing in order for everything to become widely adopted because without it you know you get this environment of all kinds of problems yeah so so regulation that's a, that's a big thing um what i think in in the, in the in the short term is that at least bitcoin exchanges should be um should be regulated um it's if, if you have if you have a good operation then you can see your exchange growing a lot and then you can you can see yourself having multi-million dollar um, deposits from from your customers um, and people need to 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 be safe from 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 people that just run away with the money um, right. even though I, I i'm kind of against regulation um, i'm i'm very liberal in that term me as a as a, as a ceo of a bitcoin exchange and as, a, as an entrepreneur in the space i can see the risk and I can see and I can smell the amount of um, 
problems that we're going to have in the future until this is kind of regulated. And it's not that regulation actually makes you do things better. In our case, I think that regulation would make our operation worse. Um, but at least it's the government saying, if you're a customer of a regulated entity and that entity escapes with your money, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. And, and that's, that's good. I mean, it has bad consequences. It's very tough. I think, I think we should be regulated as, as an exchange, understanding the huge difference between uh, regulating an exchange and regulating the, the technology. Technology should never be regulated. Uh, and that's actually kind of our, our message. Where are your customers? Are they just from the countries you mentioned, or do you take customers from other countries, or you're not allowed to? We are allowed to. Um, we have um, customers from pretty much all over the world. Um, curiously, most of our customers come from Venezuela. Um, we don't have operations right. in Venezuela, but people in Venezuela are, are escaping from, from, from that country in, in the thousands. It's very sad. And it's very frustrating to 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 see that, but at the same time, it's super cool to be to have a, a company that actually helps them a lot. I, I would say that well, of course, ninety percent of our customers are from Chile, Colombia, or Peru. Actually, not nah, actually like eighty percent. Twenty percent are people from Venezuela that are either living in Chile, Colombia, or Peru. Uh, that's a that's an amazing use case. That's a lovely use case. Very interesting. Yeah. So what are um, any differences you see in the behavior of people from, you know, Venezuela versus Chile versus Peru, you know, on the exchange? Or do you not look at people that closely? No, we do. Uh, well, there's, there's this uh, very easy to see difference between, between Chileans and Colombians, for instance. Um, Chilean people, Chile is a very... Chilean people are very banked. I mean, like in Chile, there's this law where where it says that if you have a national ID, even though you're not Chilean, you have access to a bank account in a national bank, which operates fairly well. So pretty much in Chile, anybody um, above 14 years old, if they want to have a bank account, they can. All oh, transfers. Wow. All money transfers between Chilean bank accounts, even different banks, are free, instant, and 24/7, which is very. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So, so behavior, the the, the way people in Chile. It's behave, better than the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's better than most places in the world. I mean, you can you can transfer, I don't know, 25 cents from one bank to another in a Christmas nice. Eve, and that transfer is free and instant. Uh, and that's super that's cool. So, yeah, so so our customers are are are, are very much used to working with um, instant transfers and, and stuff like that. On the other side, Colombia, Colombia is is extreme. It's the opposite. In Colombia, all transfers take up to 72 hours. I mean, the bank has up to 72 hours to to process your your transfer. All transfers cost at least two dollars which means that if you're sending $1, then you have to pay $2. And right. the bank, I mean, and the bank websites, they're just awful, awful. Um, Sam, this is, super, this is super funny. It's frustrating for us, but it's funny. Some bank websites close at night. I mean, you, you try to, yeah, you try to log into your account at, I don't know, three in the morning, 
to see your, your balance. I mean, not, not even to do uh, anything, just to see your balance. And it says, we open at eight in the morning. And wow. So, so, so there are no bank transfers in, in Colombia. Um, huh. So behavior, and we only, we only allow bank transfers because banks in, in, in Chile and Colombia at least are very sensitive to, to money laundering, very sensitive. I can only speak for, for the country where we operate. I'm, I'm not saying that it's more, they're more sensitive than in the U.S., probably not, or, or maybe yes, but at least they're extremely sensitive. So, so we only allow uh, transfers, bank transfers. We, we, don't, we don't accept cash. So that makes a huge difference between Chilean customers and Colombian customers. Uh, right. Okay. Any other interesting differences in other types of customers you have? No, I would say that in, in Colombia, what, what happens, I mean, poten the potential of cryptocurrencies in Colombia are much greater than in Chile because of the same reason. Chile is pretty banked. So, so, so with 24-7 and instant trans bank transfers, um, people are, are, have their problems pretty, pretty solved. In Colombia, the amount of, I mean, the, the remittance market, it's the international remittance market, it's smaller than the in border remittance market. I mean, the, the, the remittance industry makes more money from people transferring from one place of Colombia to another than what they make from people sending money out of Colombia or in, into Colombia, which is crazy, um, which makes us think that uh, cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrencies have a huge space for, for doing good in Colombia. Right. Solving, solving true issues. In Colombia, you can, you can end up paying up to 10, 15 bucks if you want to deposit cash in somebody else's account. Just, just wow. for depositing cash, you might be charging bucks. Crazy. I mean, we're sure. a poor country. All right. So what's, uh, what's on your roadmap for the next six months or year? What are you going to be? What's new coming to sort of BTC? Um, we are very, very uh, concerned with liquidity. Uh, it's, it's because, because we are poor countries and we are, we are actually very regulated um, as a, a financial industry. It's not easy for us to, to, to have liquid markets. We have a lot of restrictions. So that's, that's the big thing. If, you, if, we want to, if we want to be infrastructure and we want to help um, our countries move from, from this prehistoric, prehistoric um, financial industry, we need to solve that. So, so I would say that our main, our main objective for the next 12 months is probably opening one more country, which it's already, it's almost done. And then, uh, yeah, allowing, allowing our markets to, that's, we're starting to do a lot of that making sure that if they regulate something uh, around mm. cryptocurrencies, they don't fuck it up as they have done so many times in the past. All right. Um, oh, one last question. Um, is uh, South America a different environment than Central America? You know, Mexico and the countries there, is that kind of a different world from South America or are they all because they're, you know, Espanablantes, are they all kind of coordinated and together? No, no, I would say I'm not sure. We, we're only we only operate in South American countries, and even though I've been in in Central America several times, 
uh, I, I would say their remittance markets are much larger um, in relative terms to their uh, GDP. All right, Gamma. Well, very good. So how can uh, people find out more about Sword BTC? You know, maybe open up an account and uh, start trading with you guys. What's the best way to exactly. do it? Exactly. Exactly. There are huge opportunities in arbitrage opportunities. So if you want to make money um, doing market making, wow, there's there are a lot of people starting to do it and the opportunities are huge. So yeah, go to uh, com and just start trading and enjoying that this awesome world. Okay. Well, very good. Gamer. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Take care. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.